Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I had a whole bunch of guys send me this story, and I checked because I got it from Kevin, Rob, Chris, and Donna. Maybe Chris? No, that's Christopher. That's four guys who sent me this story. Federal judge rules in favor of bikini baristas over dress code. Federal judge ruling on bikinis. Yes, U.S. News and World Report reports this. Anything that the federal courts do is news. Uh, but when it involves bikinis, we, we have to check into this by the Associated Press. A Washington City's dress code ordinance saying bikini baristas must cover their bodies at work has been ruled unconstitutional by a federal court. And so this is exactly what you think it is. It was a little coffee shop that you could drive up to and get coffee at. And the servers are wearing bikinis, which is apparently a thing there in Everett, Washington. <laughs> now, actually, I, I know where some of these are. They're, they're, they're scattered about the country. Uh, there's one on Dixie Highway up near Pontiac called the Hot Spot. And it's a little purple building. And you drive up there and you can get your, get your coffee or hot chocolate or whatever it might be uh, handed to you by uh, a young woman uh, wearing beach attire all year round. It's, it's like always summer in that parking lot. The uh, decision is a partial summary judgment this week. And it came after a lengthy legal battle between the bikini baristas and the city of Everett over the rights of workers to wear what they want. The Everett Herald reported this. Everett is about 30 miles north of Seattle. U.S. District Court in Seattle found Everett's dress code ordinance violated the equal protection clauses of the U.S. and state constitutions. Court found that the ordinance was, at least in part, shaped by a gender-based discriminatory purpose, according to a 19-page ruling signed by U.S. District Judge Martinez. So you know that in the Constitution, it says that there's equal protection under the law. It's supposed to be that the same laws that apply to you apply to me and vice versa. We're all protected by the same laws and the laws will affect us all the same. Okay? And so when they pass a law, it says, oh, by the way, you cannot wear a bikini at work. If you're wearing a bikini, you must put something over it. Well, I understand that nowadays where all bets are off, there might be guys wearing bikinis at work, but I've never seen that. I've never seen that. So the court recognized that generally speaking, this is a gender-based law. It is difficult to imagine, the court wrote, how the ordinance would be equally applied to men <laughs> and women in practice because it prohibits clothing typically worn by women rather than by men. Uh, they're talking here about midriff and scoop back shirts as well as bikinis. And by the way, I checked a couple of these stories out because I do that kind of research for you, my audience. And the women in the photographs Many of them were not wearing just bikinis. Many of them were wearing skirts over the bikinis and other types of tops as well. They weren't just wearing bikinis, but bikini baristas were clearly a target of the ordinance, the court also ruled, adding the professions comprised of workforce is almost entirely women. In 2017, the city had passed this dress code ordinance requiring all employees, owners, and operators of quick service facilities to wear clothing that covers the upper and lower body. The ordinance listed coffee stands, fast food restaurants, delis, uh, food trucks, and coffee shops as examples of quick service businesses. So presumably this would not affect the local Hooters or the local uh, Twin Peaks or the local uh, Tilted Kilt. And there's about 50 of them out there now. Uh, these restaurants where the servers often dress similarly to how they're dressed at this particular place in Everett, Washington. But apparently they're not quick service, therefore they wouldn't fall under this, which is another issue. 
Why are we punishing just the people at the drive through coffee shop and not at the place where you can walk in and, and get your food? And I know some people would say, Steve, traffic is involved. Somehow you can't see them from the road. It's not disturbing to people who don't go there. What it does, it disturbs the killjoys who don't want other people going there. That's what this is. But <laughs> the owner of Everett Bikini Barista Stand, Hillbilly Hotties, uh, and some employees filed a legal complaint challenging the constitutionality of the dress code ordinance. And here we are. We're talking about Hillbilly Hotties on the Internet many states away. They also challenged the city's lewd conduct ordinance, but the court dismissed all the baristas' claims but the dress code question. The court directed the city of Everett to meet with the plaintiffs within two weeks to discuss their next steps. So, again, apparently it's a lawsuit. So they filed the lawsuit, and the court has said, we're going to rule in favor, and we actually have, in fact, ruled in favor of the bikini baristas. So the parties got to sit down here and see if they can work something out. The most obvious thing here is for the city to go, fine, we'll just won't enforce the law. We'll, we'll withdraw the law, or we'll you know, strike it down ourselves. Uh, but it's been stricken down by the federal court. I'm not sure what else they can agree to unless the bikini baristas were forced to behave differently during the pendency of the lawsuit, in which case they may want damages. They might want damages. And if they get damages, and that's another story altogether. Uh, this does raise a couple questions. Some of you might recall that a while back, Hooters, Hooters uh, was sued on behalf, I believe, of the, uh, the government. I think a government agency stepped in and said, you've got women wearing these tight shorts and these tight white tops. But if a man walks in and says, I want to be a server at Hooters, you won't hire him because you don't want him walking around in that outfit, but you require all your wait staff to wear that outfit. And Hooters successfully, it took them a while, but successfully argued in the end that what they were doing as a business model actually required it to be women. And, and they were allowed to do that. It's been a while since I looked at that case. I, I distinctly remember seeing a billboard on I-75 of a man in that outfit as a joke advertising local Hooters. Um, but I can also tell you a couple things that, again, at least the bikini barista shops I've heard about or seen are off the road and you got to drive up to get your stuff. And so until you drive up and actually pull up the window... You can't really get an eyeful of what's going on in that stand off the road. So there have been people complaining and saying, I don't want that business right there because I have to drive by it. But again, you're not seeing anything bad. You're just imagining something bad. That's, that's the issue, really. But another thing to remember is I can tell you, for instance, there's a gentleman's club in Dearborn, a gentleman's club in Dearborn. And there's a major road, and I think it's Michigan Avenue. I could be wrong on that, but it's one of the two major roads there. It goes through Dearborn, and there is a gentleman's club on it. And quite often in the summertime, when business is slow, some of the young ladies who work inside uh, come out in the parking lot, and they hold a car wash. There'll be two or three of them, and they're wearing clothing, but they're wearing bikinis. And they're up by the side of the road washing cars in the parking lot of the gentleman's club. And now ask yourself, which is more distracting to drivers? Uh, a, a shop that says Hillbilly Hotties, and you look and you can see there's a woman in there, and if you go up there, you can see that she's in a bikini. Or or the women at the side of the road doing the bikini car wash in front of the gentleman's club. And uh, that's 
a question I have. I mean, are they gonna, would they outlaw those also? Because this actually just talks about food serving. If they're not serving food out in the parking lot, they can do that. But I can also tell you, and I, I, apparently I've got a lot of knowledge on this. I can also tell you that a friend of mine uh, was a cheerleader in high school. And she went to a Catholic school where she was a cheerleader. It was an all-girls school. And to raise money for the cheerleading squad, they would hold car washes. And the girls would wear bikinis at a Catholic school. And they'd hold the car wash in the parking lot of the Catholic school. So a few days before, there'd be signs saying, Car Wash Saturday, fundraiser. And on Saturday, there'd be however many girls are on the cheerleading squad out there washing cars. And because they're getting wet, they'd wear bikinis. So you've got 16, 17, 18-year-old young ladies washing cars in bikinis at the side of the road and some of them out there holding up signs to get attention. And uh, they did that for years. I don't think anybody ever filed a lawsuit or tried to get them arrested for that. So I've seen other stories like this. This is not the one and only bikini barista shop that's been attacked by, by people you trying to use laws to put them out of business. But for whatever reason, there's always somebody in a community who goes, oh, I don't like the idea of that. I don't like the idea of that. I'm going to complain about that. And next thing you know, people who've never even seen the business, you know, are, are talking about getting a law passed to put the business out. And so I can tell you that when I was growing up, at the end of my street, the end of my street, my street that I lived on dead-ended into another street that went north-south. And it was kind of industrial down there. There was a lumber yard down there. There's a train station down there. And at the end of my street, on this side, on the residential side, was a vacant lot. And I used to play in that vacant lot with my friends. We played football down there, played baseball down there. And uh, one year, they started building a building there. So we're like, ah, there goes our field. Our field is gone now. And they built a little building, and the building became a 7-Eleven competitor. It was not actually 7-Eleven, but it was a convenience store. And next door to it was the, the, the owner of the building had built in a second office type thing that later became a cat veterinarian practice for many, many years. But the 7-Eleven knockoff, the quick pick or whatever it was called that went in here, was going in. It's going to be a convenience store at the end of our street. And a day or two before they opened, one of my neighbors knocked on our family's house door. And I answered it. Oh, hey, how you doing? Woman lives across the street from us. She goes, yeah, are your mother and father home? And I think my mom was, but my dad wasn't. I said, sure, why? What's going on? And she goes, oh, I'm trying to get a petition signed to stop them from opening that store. I don't want a store at the end of our street. She's circulating a petition to stop the opening of a store the day before it opens. The building was being built for the last nine months prior to which they had gotten building permits and all kinds of applications approved, all of which were publicized and hashed out at the city council meetings like a year ago. A year earlier, somebody had come into town, put an option probably on that property, approached the city and said, I'd like to build a quick pick type store here, 7-Eleven knockoff, and maybe a, a, little re- a little business on the side that somebody else can rent. And since the other side of the street is commercial, it'll fit in. But yeah, I guess this side probably is residential because it was. It backed up to apartments. But can I get the variance to put in the business? And the council debated it and they notified people about it and everybody's fine with it. 
And then one day, my neighbor comes down the street from that direction, sees a store she's never really noticed before because she wasn't really paying attention, and she's now circulating a petition to stop that store from opening. <laughs> I don't even remember now if my mom signed the petition or not because it didn't matter. Signing a petition that late in the game is not a winning proposition, but it just goes to show you, you know, how some people approach this stuff. So getting back to the bikini baristas, the law is unfair because it targets basically two issues. One issue is obviously it's targeting women and how they dress at work. But number two, it's only addressing this very, very narrow type of food service. And as I pointed out, there's Hooters and all of its competition. Now, I understand people say, Steve, Hooters, the women don't wear bikinis. No, they don't. But an argument could be made that if you put the bikini baristas in those Hooters outfits, there might still be complaints. But many of the other places that compete with Hooters actually do wear skimpier outfits than Hooters, which is one of the things that Hooters has gotten grief about in the last few years. But that's another story altogether. So I got to thank the guys who sent this to me. <laughs> From U.S. News and World Report, the Associated Press wrote it. Uh, federal judge rules in favor of bikini baristas over the dress code. So the bikini baristas have won. And um, Kevin, Rob, Chris, and Don, thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. We should be choosing what we want to keep, not what we want to get rid of.